Welcome home. Hello, Hope City. Hello. And would you guys welcome back Pastor John, everybody. Welcome back, Pastor John. Thank you, thank you. It's good to be back. We got blessed with that uh, little friend called COVID. And God had a blessed way of just uh, blessing through that. Yeah. And yet Debbie is my wife, would love to be here today, but she is still recovering. She's right there, and she gives you her love. It's great to be with you all. Welcome. Hey, Debbie, hello at home. Hi, Deb. And everybody else at home, I just want to say hi, and uh, glad that you could be here th- with us today. This is going to be, a, this is a great day. And uh, it's truly, is great to have you back, because uh, we were trying to get you on our Hello Hope City broadcast and uh, our podcast, and uh, we had that mix up. So this week, we're going to have to have you on this yeah, week and try to get this you week. on yeah. and, and, uh, and share. Hopefully you guys can, uh, you've been able to, to go on there and uh, see the podcast. We get the information out. Uh, it's on YouTube and iTunes and different places. It's just a great way of information. And I'll let you know what's going on. And especially with, uh, with you being out of, of town, uh, it, it's a great way to connect. Yeah, and stuff. yeah, that was. I was trying to connect with these guys and it was snowing in Washington State where we were. And so, so I was taking a picture of me, and there was Joshua. He didn't know I was getting on with Daniel. And yeah, here's the snow behind it. It was really cool to see that and just enjoy that. It is good. Uh, but it's really a blessing to be with you. And we want to share something with you that has been a part of our journey with Joshua for a long time, brother. Really, when I think about it, the first time I think I really ever, ever met you was, was over at the Mexican restaurant. What was the name of that restaurant? And you had your uh, children. Yeah, we, it was... Uh, and we just caught up there. Rubio's? Rubio's. Rubio's. Yes, Rubio's. And little did we know, this brother and I became great friends. We would meet at Starbucks and over at the office and just different places and catch Star- up. Starbucks was my office. That was yeah, that was, that was Joshua's uh, office. Now they're closed, so they and, can't really... And one thing, too, we could stay there a long time. It was kind of neat. But never, when I took the lead pastor role of this church... I told my leaders at that time there were two major callings that I felt as, at my age that God had for me. The first would be to find a man of God to lead this body as we go forward. And then the second is to see elders come around him and godly men as deacons and leaders that would just walk in righteousness and be a great gift. And God has given us all of those people. And I have a privilege today that I, I just want to use, uh, bring each of you as a family together into, and that is the privilege of ordaining Joshua as the lead pastor of this church. We have served as co-leads, but I've been back more than administration. Joshua's been ground level. But we did know the time would come, sometime around this time, that we would ordain Joshua as the lead pastor of this church. That doesn't mean I just disappear. I'm involved in missions, many things, but this brother and I are very close in the spirit, and we're going to walk together in Jesus. And we just, um, you know, one of the things that, Joshua, I'm going to share with you in front of this body is uh, Debbie has always been a great discerner of, of godliness. And Josh would come to our house, or she'd hear me on the phone, and right away she said, I know this is the man, and I did too. And in everything our body, God took this body through, I always knew that God, that God was calling you to this very day. And even as we get together just in another day and connect, every time the Spirit of God is there. And you know, there's a lot in the Word of God. And you can read this. We're not going to go here. There's a whole lot in the Word of God about what a pastor really is. And I want you to know this is who this man is. He loves God. He loves the Word of God, he loves his family, and he loves people, this community. And that is, uh, but more than anything else, Josh, when I think about it, you can look at all the lists of the Bible, there's one great preeminent truth, and that is that man is filled with the Holy Spirit. He is led by God. And, And I have seen you many times, brother, in times of distress and and loneliness. All of a sudden, you just come back to God, and there you are. And it has blessed me tremendously. And, and there's one place in Acts where they were calling to, uh, to dedicate deacons. They said, just find men full of the Holy Spirit. God will take them from there. Amen. When a man's full of the Holy Spirit, God will do the rest. He will build. He will. And what I want to do is I want to introduce you. 
You don't see our elders always, but we work with a team of men around us that are such a blessing to us, and they're going to come up here with us on this stage to be a part of praying for Joshua. And I want you brothers all just to come up here. They are men of God just like us. The Word of God even says, the elders which are among you, I exhort who am also an elder. These are men that have, they give us insights and truth into the Word of God that we so desperately need. And I just love them. I'm going to, as they're coming forward, I'm going to give first names. Over here is Bill. Bill is, uh, he's been here before me. And then here's Jerry, just a wonderful servant of God. And here's Sal, always keeping us organized and keeping the systems together. And here is Mike, a man who just speaks truth. He doesn't want any gray, black, or white. And, and Marcus is at home right now. And Marcus is at home, and Marcus has been dealing with COVID. But, but I want to tell you, I didn't know these three brothers before. But when I look at us working together and seeing, I knew Bill. Bill and I actually went to Cuba together. That was kind of cool. I let him preach probably more than me or just about as much. But, uh, but uh, I have been really blessed to get to know each of you as men of God and walk with you. And it wasn't a real long journey. But it was a journey that was necessary. And it was very vital. And there's places, I'll tell you what happens to these guys. And I want you to know this because it is so important that a church prays for their leadership. These men are being, be, going through battles you'll never see as you see a service on Sunday. And if you can hold them up, and before I pray with Joshua, there's two things I want you to remember when you think of what can we really do to bless this brother and these men. And here's what they are. The first is pray. When you pray for your leaders, you won't criticize them. When you pray for your leaders, you'll be behind them. When you pray for your leaders, you'll be under them. Pray for them. The second one is, and I'll tell you, this is, this is a rich one, love each other. When you love each other, you'll just bless your leadership. Because it makes serving such a joy when you can just love each other and just support each other in love. And so what we're going to do, Joshua, I want you to just uh, kneel down in front of this body, and um, we are going to pray over you. And Mike, if you'll hold this mic here on one side, where, where we can pick it up with me. Now, what I've done here, I brought oil. Now, oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. But different places in the Bible, it's, we teach, it teaches to anoint with oil. If you're sick, if you're in spiritual uh, times of transition, if you're working through various things. And I want to anoint this brother in the name of Jesus. Now, there's something that happened when I came here six years ago as an elder. I believe it was about that or five, I forget. But I saw someone put a cross up on top of a brother's head with oil. And I did tell Joshua, Joshua, I'm not going to put too much oil on you because you're going to be speaking today. And I don't want to do too much here. But that cross, brother, symbolizes all you are in Jesus Christ and all we are too. And Lord, we just want to, right now, in the name of Jesus, we lift up this brother, your servant, your friend, your leader. Lord, I just thank you for the, the friendship of this man. God, I thank you for bringing him in my life. I thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being able to serve with him, just walking with him as servants. God, I thank you, Lord, that you are still doing a marvelous thing in Hope City. You haven't even begun yet, and I have confidence, Lord, in the spirit that you will take this brother, and you will take our leaders, and you will take all of our people participating, and carry this church to places we can't even imagine because you're God. Oh, Lord God, I just pray that your spirit will just be poured out in a powerful and mighty way in Pastor Joshua's life. He will never forget this day. And Lord, I pray for this body that I know we come from so many backgrounds, but we can all love each other. And we can all pray. And I just thank you, God, for every saint that's here today and the people you're bringing. May your name be lifted up in Jesus' name. Amen.
Well, brother, God bless you. This is a wonderful time. Love you, man. It's been a, it's been a wonderful journey with you. You know, and one thing you'll find, Josh and I are just as different as could be in many ways. But we have a spirit that brings us together when we get back together that's just nothing but of the Lord. And God bless you, brothers, for all you do. And, and for those that are looking on, just remember to pray for these brothers. They can really use that. It means a lot to them. They can feel those prayers. God bless you all. Josh will, Josh will be teaching this weekend, myself next weekend. So God bless you, brother. It's super good. So, so you got to come back next, uh, definitely next week. We're going to have a good time. We're having food afterwards. Tonight, we got some song. Today, we got spiritual food as well in the Word of God. And I'd love for you to open up your Bibles. We're going to go to the book of Galatians, uh, chapter 6. We, we, and uh, you, you might have uh, been early on in the book of Galatians. We had two different series titles for this, Identity Crisis, because that's what was happening with the church in Galatia. They were having an identity crisis, trying to figure out who they were. And uh, Paul's like, man, you guys are foolish Galatians. It's like, who bewitched you? Before Jesus Christ's eyes, he was publicly betrayed as crucified. Why are you going back to the foolish things? It's the cross that matters. And, and uh, he was wor worried about their identity. They're getting off track. And, and then we started a, a thing about who we are, coinciding to what Paul's talking about in Galatians chapter five and six, that there is hope that was given to them. And that hope should never be lost but it's found when we walk in his spirit and we trust not in our own fleshly desires and will, but we trust in Jesus Christ. And it should happen in every city. And thus it's a Hope City. And, and Hope City Church, as we unveiled a new name in January, and today being passed a, a baton personally to, uh, to walk alongside in, in, a, in a new way, in a new way here at this church. And I... I I want you to know it is a privilege and honor and a humbling thing to, to come here, uh, to be a part of the Refuge Church, and then uh, to come together as two churches, Calvary Chapel Refuge Surprise, and now to be just known as one, Hope City Church, and to be the uh, lead pastor. It is a, it is a privilege, and I, I want to pledge before you and the Lord, and I like to, uh, it's kind of like at a wedding. You know, at a wedding, people come. Uh, do you know why they invite you to come? It's not for the gifts. You might think it's because they want to come to get the gifts when you go to a wedding. It's really because you are a covenant keeper. You are hearing their vows and their testimony before you to, to stay united together. And they're holding you, they want you to hold them accountable. And I would love for you to hold us, like as Pastor John said, for uh, elders and teachers and leaders, hold us accountable. We need to bear one another's burdens. We need to love one another. We need to confess our sins to one another. We, we need to be about what God is about, about one another. And may we do that together. And I'd ask for you, because I'm going to do everything I can in the power of his spirit and his might to be strong and courageous, to walk in the strength of his might, not to be in my flesh or desires or even fearful, but to know that God is with us. He's with me. He's with you. May it be our cry. May it be our passion to live for Jesus and all that we do. And I, and I have to say, I, I really get Paul the apostle, in, in his, his burden and his desire for the church. He had a deep burden for the people that he met in Galatia. You see that right there in chapter six, verse, verse 11. Would you look with me? Chapter six, verse 11 in Galatians, he says this, see with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. Some people thought He's writing with large letters because he's been hurt. He's been afflicted. Look at verse 17 for a minute. He kind of alludes maybe to something. From now on, let no one cause trouble for me, for I bear on my body the brand marks of Jesus. You see, for his testimony and his witness to share the gospel for many times over, in fact, in, the, in the, one of the cities in Galatia, and Galatia is a large county, large community, large just area in Turkey, modern-day Turkey today, he... he he, he might have been uh, flogged and, and, and flayed and, and branded maybe in his own hands. And it was hard for him to write, period. That's why a lot of his letters that he writes, he, it's not him writing. Someone's writing it for him. But this one, he writes it specifically to the people. And he's writing with large letters. Uh, 
maybe it's, it's because of that, because of that, or maybe it's because of the, the sickness that he incurred when he went on his way to Galatia. We, uh, look to the left for a minute as we get a backstory and understand something about this, this uh, message about the church in Galatia. In fact, let's put it up on the screen for you so you can see a little bit of what I'm talking about so to bring you some reference. Here's a map. Uh, you like Indiana Jones? I do. Uh, it was for you an Indiana Jones picture slide of the red, letter, the red lines. And you see there in Syria, there's a dot and an arrow going out to Cyprus. That's when Paul started out in his journey. And he began to, to go out and forth and he went to this place uh, in the, called Perga, and we'll give you a Google map uh, idea for this here. See uh, on, on this video that's uh, kind of put together through Google Maps, you can kind of see the area and the terrain in which he started and the areas he moved to in that region. He's headed first to a city known as Antioch Poseidon. You can find this in Acts chapter 13 and 14 in his first missionary journey. But here, over like walking, marching through mountaintops and regions and hill valleys to get to these people, people that put a, a, a burden on his heart. God, God wanted him to deliver a truth, a message to, to individuals in an area that needed to hear the gospel. And he became invested. In fact, early on, he got kicked out of Poseidon. He didn't, didn't uh, like that uh, very much. So he went to uh, I Iconium, which is gonna be seen next. And there he spent a longer time sharing hope. In fact, people saw him so much like a miracle maker, they thought him and Barnabas were Hermes and uh, Zeus, the god Zeus. They literally thought they were like God Hermes and God Zeus in the flesh. And he's like, no, 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 no. Well, that is not, no, we are here on the message of Jesus Christ. And it's something that happens and it's powerful and it's interesting that today, of all days, there's so much to talk about the little details, the little things that God does in one's life. But I can honestly tell you personally today, like Paul the Apostle, I stand before you with a deep heart for this area, these, uh, this church, you, those of you at home that can't be here in person today and um, in this city. Years ago, eight, eight, 18 years ago, I, I uh, got married to a, a wonderful person uh, who I still love even more today now than ever. And uh, Barbara and I began to a journey here in Surprise. October 12th, we got married and our house was being built. And finally, on October 31st, 2002, our house was done. It was purchased and, and uh, we were so excited to move in. In fact, we were deciding where to move, where to go. Should we go in Surprise? Because we lived in Phoenix our whole time or do we go uh, in Avondale? And we went in Avondale at nighttime. You always wanna check places at nighttime before you move somewhere and visit, very important to do that. Uh, there in Avondale, we, it was pretty sketchy, pretty, pretty uh, uh, the area we were gonna buy a home. I'm not saying, Avondale's nice if you're in Avondale right now. Hey, uh, but for that night, it was kind of sketchy for us, and then we pulled in surprise, and we, there's a land that we were praying for, and uh, we started praying, and then all of a sudden, this guy with a big flashlight, like, boom, right in our window, and he knocks, what are you doing? What are you doing? And, and, and sorry if I just yelled really loud, but that's what it was like and, and uh, freaked us out and uh, rolled down the window and uh, we were actually, we're, we're thinking about buying this land. Is, is, uh, we're praying over it. Is that okay? He's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's okay. Uh, hey, I'm a Christian too. <laughs> well, you're freaking me out, man. <laughs> and then he prayed with us uh, there that, that, that night and uh, we felt, that's ah, a surprise. Surprise is the place. And ever since we've been here, in this town for 18 years, it's been a blessing and an honor to be a part of this community. But for 18 years, I've always served somewhere else, <laughs> driven miles and miles and hours away to go and serve uh, somewhere else. And that's fine. That's where God called us. And one day our, our, uh, in, in ministry, our, our pastor asked us to take some time off, take a month off, go relax, don't, don't serve, just, just spend it away. And our very first Sunday, uh, we did that. We went to a, a church that was just starting up it was their first Sunday, Calvary Chapel Surprise. And uh, the, the pastor even asked me, hey, you're young. You wanna be on our ministry team? You wanna serve and you wanna be the youth pastor? I'm like, no, I'm just, no we're doing something somewhere else. And then uh, years later would go by in, in 2012 in this area, in this city, um, three churches went down and under at the same time. 
And uh, one of them was this church. And there was a uh, changing of the guard, and so to speak. And, and they asked me to come by and to audition. And it was like, I, I felt insufficient. But then in that journey that God looked at, really looked into me, and I, I really heard from him. And, he, and uh, he says, Joshua, my grace, though, is sufficient for you. It's in your weaknesses. You'll be strong in me. God spoke something deep within me. And, um, and something new would happen, and it just put me on a new journey in my family. It's an interesting path. Never thought I'd be here. And uh, I'm so thankful because I, I get the Apostle Paul and his concern and yearning for his own community that he fell in love with. He loved them deeply. And he would do anything for them. And he was so blessed to come into this city and to pour his heart out to them. So today, as we begin and really unveil what God has for us, I ask you to get excited about what Jesus is all about. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your testimony and your truth. We thank you for your word because without it, we'd have a compass that would tell us which didn't know which direction to go, but we have a compass that directs north. And the north I'm referring to you is you, Jesus. You are our north star. You are our focus, our high point. It is not man. It is simply you. Jesus, we love you. We ask that your word is proclaimed here and abroad in every church, campus, and facility that is preaching your truth around this valley and around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, you might be, I don't know if I shared this with you, but if you're in, we're in Galatians 6, but if you could go to Galatians 4 for a minute, I want you to see just kind of the back, backdrop on this, this account, why, why he's there. It might have been he's writing with large letters, I think one, to tell them, I, I love you. I really want you to get this. I don't want you to lose your identity because as Christians, we tend to, to lose our identity sometimes. We, we so listen to the world and the flesh. It's so easy to, to, to buy into the lies and the propaganda that this world loves to talk about. But we need to be about not this earth. It's a Motel 6, okay? We need to be about the Hyatt, which is in heaven. And it's really not a Hyatt. It's really far beyond greater. It's awesome. It's amazing, Mind cannot comprehend what we are going to see one day. And just to be in the presence of God is, is unbelievable. But as, as we get there, and, and, the, and this love, I actually believe like Paul might have contracted something on his journey with his eyes to, that he couldn't see. And look at how these guys treated him. Uh, verse 12 of chapter four, he says, I, I beg of you, brethren, because as I, become as I am, for also became as you are. You, you have done me no wrong. I, he's like, I, I've become as I am. I'm a, I'm a Jew who became a, 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 a Christian, a Jesus follower. And now I don't even hold to the Jewish traditions anymore. I, I've let that go. I've become as you are. You're like Gentiles. But why are you drifting? I want you to come back and be like what's happening here. Come back and, and be like, like Jesus here. That's what, that's what he's getting to and he's, and he's saying. Let me slide that over. And then he says, but, but you know, I, I love this. I wish we could just hear him say it. He's like, you know, verse 13, that it was because, though, of, your of the, a bodily illness that I actually preached the gospel to you the first time, and that which was a trial to you in my bodily condition. You did not despise or loathe, but you received me as an angel of God. You treated me like Jesus Christ himself. I was so blessed by you. When I came, I was hurting. I was in pain. In fact, it was probably believed that his eyes, look at it, it says in verse 15, where, where then is that sense of blessing you had? For I bear you witness that if possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. He might have, had, he might have contracted, some people think he might have had uh, malaria uh, in the lower coastland there in, in Perga, and then he had to go up to a higher elevation to help his health condition. Some, some, some who, who knows? I don't know what he has, but I know he had something that affected his eyes. I know he couldn't write really hard because he, he got even beaten up in one of the cities in Galatia, and, and he's like, whatever has happened to me, I consider it as loss. 
but I consider all things valued for me to share this hope and wonder for you about Jesus Christ. And this is so good. And you treated me like, like Hope City treats me. You treat me like I'm, a, I'm, I'm like Jesus. I came walking in here and you, I looked pitiful. I looked like an ugly, ugly dog. Nobody wanted. I'm in a kennel. And yet you said, hey, come on in, Paul. We like you. Come on in. We welcome you just as you are. You're amazing. You're wonderful. And this blessing that he received uh, is so good. I, I wish we, I hope, I hope that this church is really, truly always seen like that. It doesn't matter where someone comes from, what they look like, or what they've acted like, or what they've posted online, or, or, or whatnot. They are welcomed with the love of God and the joy of his salvation. Because that, that shows who we really are, as we're gonna be seen and reminded today. So flip back to, to Galatians chapter six, and let's, let's understand the principle here of what's taking place. And as I do that, I'm gonna grab that Kleenex. Uh, all right, I'm gonna do something I don't like to do in public, but uh, blow my nose, so excuse me for a second. Okay, let's be real. There's like a few things in, in, in public speaking you should never do. <laughs> Wear shorts, okay, because nobody likes to see your hairy legs and stuff like that. But if you shave, hey, cool. Uh, you, uh, blowing your nose is one, or picking your nose. Uh, that, 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 anyway, so forgive me. Uh, and afterwards, don't, don't, you know, don't, don't, don't shake my hand. Uh, uh, stuff like that. But uh, uh, hey, it's a different service today. It's gonna be, it's gonna be, uh, so good. I, here, here's the thing, and, I, and if I could summarize everything up, uh, our title for today's sermon is, is called, Who, uh, who Are We? Who, who are we? Here, there it is. Who, who are we? And who are we at Hope City? And I hope this message is more of a reminder to you and a, and a, and a message and a carry off to go and do something great for the Lord. We are all called, we are called to do something. Did you know that in here? You and I have a mission to do something. And it's a privilege and honor to go and be about his mission. And we're all called today to be here for that mission and what that is. But yet sometimes we get so mistracked. And, and, and so Paul, this, it's the closing of his letter and he just wants to remind them one final time. Stop it. Stop going to the flesh. Look what he says, verse 12 and 13. He says, those who desire to make a good showing in the flesh, you know what they try to do? They try to compel you to be circumcised simply so that they will not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For those who are circumcised do not even keep the law themselves, but they desire to have your circumcised, you circumcised so that they may boast in your flesh. See, they, these guys known as Judaizers, these were Jews that became Jesus followers, but yet they wanted to hold on to the traditions of this world. They wanted, to, uh, they wanted to hold on to their old law that God gave them, 613. They want to follow all these things because if you don't do that stuff, then you're not really truly saved. You're not really a Jesus follower. If you're gonna be a Jesus follower, you have to do all 613 laws along with believing Jesus Christ to be God. Now, Paul would look at them and say they're stupid They've forgotten the very essence of what the gospel is all about. It's about one thing. It's about the cross of Jesus Christ. This is what he says, verse 14, look with me. But may it never be. Would you say it with me? May it never be. Come on, I want you to say it out really loud. I really want you to, uh, I, I, by the way, I do this sometimes because I want us to own scripture. It's in scripture that we see the truth of God come out and forth. And it's one thing to preach it and, and for you to sit and to receive it, because that's how God encourages his word to go forth. But it's also another thing to take it and apply his truth and to hear it come from our mouth so that you never forget it. So let's say this out loud together. Three, two, one. Verse 14. Three, two, one. But may it never be that I would boast, except in one thing. You say it out loud. What is it? The cross of Jesus Christ. I, I'm, I'm to boast about the cross of Jesus Christ, but yet for some reason... They kept boasting about their flesh. This was what was more important to them. Let's put it up for this. Let's put it up for you so that they could see. Because if you weren't doing this for everybody, if, if you weren't all about 
If you want to, or, or is it that? Okay. There we go. This is heavy. Okay. So I'm going to be about the works. Okay. I, 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 I'm going to be about rituals. I'm going to be about unclean foods. You can't eat bacon. Dude, and, and how many Gentiles like, huh, what? Okay, come on. Come on. Tra- traditions can't be about circumcision. Hey, you got to get circumcised. That 50-year-old who just became a Jesus follower is like, uh, no, thank you. Okay, that, that, that's difficult. Segregation. You talk about, you think we have racism? We really don't have racism in the world. It's more talked about. Than they have. But, but you know what they do? They, they're, they're, it's like, hey, remember, I'm, uh, he talks about it in Galatians 2. Peter's hanging out. He's, he's a Christian. All of a sudden, his old Jewish brothers come out, and, this, and they're at lunchtime. They're at the lunch table, and, uh, and he's like, I, I'm just going to leave. I'm going to sit at the other lunch table now with my other Jewish Christian friends and not the Gentile guys. And they're like, what are you doing? I, he's like, I had to stand up to Peter. Segregation. Stop. There's not a difference between Jew or Gentile. There's nothing between black or white. There's nothing different between slave or free man. We are all one. In Christ, we are under this banner of, you're a child of God. That's my identity. He's getting them back to their identity. Stop that. Stop your religiosity. Look at me. I go to church all the time. Look at me. I raise my hands. Yeah, you know I'm saved. Okay. Sabbath, I take the Sabbath off. See, I got to have, you know, Sabbath is Saturday for the Jew. Saturday. So you can't do anything on, on Saturdays. But, but, but Jesus is like, uh, did, I, did I rise from the grave on Saturday? No. That would be two days. I rose from the grave on Sunday. So our Sabbath, our rest is not even in a day. Our rest is actually in Jesus. And Paul the Apostle is like, stop doing these works, rituals, unclean foods, traditions, circumstances, segregation, religious Sabbath, customs, this legalism. It's what it is. It's all about legalism. You're just showing me legalism. And he's all, stop it. Stop your circumcision. Get it off. Get your segregation out of my place. I don't want your traditions. And, and definitely, man, I want to eat the bacon. I love bacon. I, give me shrimp, too, on top of it. Give me re- religiosity. I don't need it anywhere. Sabbath, not unless you're Chick-fil-A. Take a day off. But uh, everybody else. Customs and rituals and legalism and you're trying to make it all about the works, right, huh? It's all about your works, because if I see you, you're doing good things. You're doing good things. Glad you're serving in children's ministry. By the way, if you want to help with children's ministry, you're always welcome to. But, but it doesn't save you. It doesn't make you a child of God. No, wait. It's like, stop. This is not what it's about. But what is it about? Verse 14, you tell me. It's about what? We are to boast in one thing. What? About the cross of Jesus Christ. We just like, take down these rituals Take them all off. We're going to be about one thing and one thing only about the cross of Jesus Christ. You want to boast in something? We preach him and him crucified. Because of what happens at the cross, what happened here 2,000 years ago, God met the past, the present, and the future sin of, of all humanity, and he met it here for mankind to be healed, to be reconciled. To have all of its debt paid for in full, but given an abundance of grace and forgiveness and acceptance here at the cross. Because every person, whether they like it or not, because of the wages of our sin, we are destined to hell. And I know hell is not a word that we like to talk about or even say because it it scares us. Some people love it. They're on the They're, 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 they enjoy, they think it's a joke, they think it's funny, but the reality is, and Jesus knew this, he knows this. Every one of us is on a destination plan because of the, the wrong things you've done. And, and, and we could try to, man, we could try to do good things. You could try to earn your salvation. You can't, you can't get there. There's no way to get there. And that's why Jesus came, he knew that. And therefore he says, listen, I am the only way. Not Mohammed, not Joseph Smith. I am the only way. Not Hinduism, not Buddhism, not, not atheism, 
I am the only way. You want to talk about salvation? You want to talk about restoration? You want to talk about healing? You want to talk about forgiveness? There is only one person that provides it, and Jesus is, that is me. And this is how I'm going to do that. I am going to come and demonstrate for you what love looks like. I'm going to lay down my life. God, God Almighty, chooses to sacrifice himself on, on something that is seen in, in, in his day and age. And we look at today like you wear, it's cute, it's around your neck. We put it on buildings and steeples, we put it up in our houses. But in that day and age, it was seen as, as a murder weapon. And today it's celebrated, why? Because of what happened on it. See, the crucifixion, the cross, is a symbol of hope. Our hope didn't just stay on this cross. Our hope was buried and our hope rose from the grave. And because our hope lives and his name is Jesus, because he lives, we have this everlasting hope. And he says, I want you to pr preach. You want to preach about something? Don't preach about these things. Don't, don't, circumcision? That's like, he's like, he says in verse 15, he says, neither circumcision nor anything, nor uncircumcision is anything. But you know what is cool to talk about, he says? Being a, a new creation. Because this is our story. This is our life. It becomes his story. When we take on this and believe on what Jesus did for us at the cross, we have been set free from the wages of our sin and death. We have a new life, a new beginning. That's why Paul says in Galatians 2.20, it's the I, I myself, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live anymore because what Jesus did for me on the cross, it's been paid in full. A cool, a cool section of scripture is Colossians 2, uh, 10 through 15. You should look at that later. But it, it's powerful. He says, there at the cross, my transgressions were met. He took my sin and he nailed them to the cross and it was paid for there. That's why Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. What was finished? My my. My ugliness, my, 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 my sin, my, what separated me from God. Everything that separated me from God, that was transporting me on that highway to hell, has been now changed in the path of the Almighty One. And how I get there is realizing that I am a person in need of that hope. I'm that person who realizes I am a sinner in need of a savior and I need to believe not in my doing, not in, not in another person's doing, not in a church's doing, but the only person to get there is through Jesus. It's, it's, it's crazy. Every religion is so different. They all wanna tell you, do good things, do good things, do good things. They all do it, except for one that sticks out like a sore thumb and that is Christianity. And it says that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. And if you believe on him, you shall be saved. Saved from the death forever in hell. But you'll be raised to life with hope that this is not our outcome here. Oh no. I don't want a life full of a pandemic. I don't want a life full of a despair and death. Jesus came to take death head on and he crushed it. And he gives us hope and victory because he didn't stay dead. He, three days later, he rose from the grave. And because he lives, we live. Come on, church, just give that up for Jesus Christ. That is something to be praised about. And I begin to think about, okay, so who are we? What are we about? Who, who are we supposed to be? We are supposed to be about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, turn, your, turn your Bibles uh, to the, where are we at, Galatians? Go to the left. Second uh, Corinthians chapter five for a minute. Second Corinthians five. It's just it's like the the next book over. Second Corinthians five. I, don't, I want you to read uh, just like what we've been called to. And this is the reminder. I feel like honestly, I feel like Paul. Paul getting to remind one another about what we need to be about. We're on mission. We're, we're called, and, and we need to preach him and him crucified. He would say to the Corinthians in chapter. 1 Corinthians, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature or a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. And if you are in Christ, hey, would you turn to your person next to you and say, hey, I'm new. I'm, that means I'm fresh. 
I smell good today. Look at me. I'm a creation in Jesus Christ. Look at me. I'm beautiful, all right? You, you are. And if you haven't discovered that hope yet, you can turn to Christ and believe in him and receive that gift of salvation. But he says, he says, you're a new creation. The old things have passed away, so don't pick them up anymore. Stop, stop, stop this junk. This is, this is garbage. He says, you know what's good is just Jesus, resting in him, looking to him. And he says that we, this is what we need to do, verse 18. Now, all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of what? Reconciliation. We've been called to reconcile with one another. He's given us this ministry, every one of us, not one person in this room who's not a Jesus, who is a Jesus father, not one of you is not called to do this. We are all invited to do this. In fact, he goes so far as he says in verse 19, he says, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, one, two, not counting their trespasses against them, and thirdly, and he committed to us the word of reconciliation. What does that mean? It says we're to be like Christ. That means we should be doing three things. We should be inviting people to Jesus. We should be forgiving like Jesus. And we should be reflecting like Jesus. We, we should be reflecting people uh, like living like him, looking like him. We should be acting it. Every single one of us in this room, we need to be about what Jesus is about. So how do we do that? We invite people to him. I, I think of Andrew and uh, his brother Peter, Andrew and Simon Peter, they, Andrew met Jesus. And, 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 and so what did he do? Did he go on Facebook and talk about him? Did he say, hey, come, come, to, come to this church. This is where it's at. I met Jesus. And I'm just, no, no, you know what he did? He says, Peter, I'm, God, brother, I met him. I want you to come and see him. So what did he do? He invited him. Let's take you to him. Philip and Nathaniel. Philip meets Jesus and he's like, bro, you gotta come and meet Jesus. And he just invited him to him. Because when we take people to Jesus, they begin to change and transform. It's not, now you and me are a big part. We represent them. People read us like a book. And some people, they, don't, they wanna put you down right away. They don't wanna read that. And uh, some of us are, are, though they smell good, they like, like the fragrance of Christ. You know, the Chanel number five. You smell so good. Some of you have this aroma that is sweet and beautiful of the love of God. People see that, but when they see that and they experience that, now we get to take them on this journey and invite them to Jesus. Because when Jesus, when they see Jesus and they meet Jesus, and we find that here in his word. You see, Jesus is dropping text messages to us all every day, all day. And you and I just gotta read his text messages to us. We just gotta take the time to get to know him and invite people to it. I would challenge you in your city groups as they begin this, this week, as your city groups, you, you, can, you, you can take God's word as we apply it together and, and let's, hey, what did you learn in, in the text? What did you get in the text? Uh, this is powerful. As we, as we let Jesus start discipling us, as we do that with one another. And then we should be, as he says in, in his word right there in verse 19, that we should be not counting their trespasses against them, not doing that. Remember that back in the 90s? I think that was a thing. Everybody would say, not. You know, like that, that was, if you're young and you don't even know what I'm talking about, well, it was cool, not. Okay. And it was like, we, we should not be counting and looking at all the wrong things everybody else does to us. We should be a church that loves one another. And that, in fact, that's why we, I, a lot of times anybody that usually teaches up here, we're actually praying. And some people are like, why did you pray for that church? They're, they're a Catholic church. They're a different denomination. They're, 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 they're in that group. And why are we praying for them? Because we wanna be about what God's about. We love to see his church come alive. And maybe a church did something wrong, but if they're preaching the cross of Jesus Christ, I want the Holy Spirit to transform their lives. Let's let, let's let God do it. We need to be doing what God has called us to do, reconciliation, bringing it back people to the hope that is found in Jesus. And if they can't, if, they'll never discover that in you and see that in you if we are not about what Jesus has called us to. Is there a brother and sister that you have not sought forgiveness with? Is there a spouse? Maybe you're at home right now, you're watching in two different rooms because you just had an argument. 
Praise God, that's pretty cool. You're in two different rooms watching this right now. But secondly, maybe you're here and you're, you're at different odds and you're upset with one another. Put your, put your sword down. You know what I love about Peter when he met Jesus? He's first seen, kind of, well, the, the last scene right before Jesus rose from the grave. He's seen with a, a sword in his hand, cutting off someone's ear. But when it's all said and done, you never see him pick up a weapon ever again. It's powerful what happens when we meet Jesus. He's about reconciling, inviting them to Jesus, reconciling to them, and live like him. Live like him, because how do we do it? It's all about love. So the second thing, we, we, do, we reconcile, and secondly, we, we wanna be about loving one another the way that Jesus Christ loves us. This is what we gotta be about. You, uh, I'll put it up on the screen for you. Um, what we're about, we're about reconciliation, and we're, that's who we are in the next one. Uh, it's uh, love. Uh, uh, John 13. John 13, I want you guys to see it at home. There it is. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you. Actually, I don't like hearing my voice. I love hearing your voice. You guys sound so beautiful. Let's read this out loud together, all right? Three, two, one. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. What are we to be about? Love. So they're gonna know you're a Jesus father. They're gonna know your fragrance aroma. They're gonna see it if we are about love. And that's why I love the symbol of the cross. And that's why we preach the cross. It, in fact, at Hope City Church, that's why our symbol right, right now, it's the simplicity of the cross. Because we just wanna be about this demonstration. Greater love has no one than this. If you wanna know the definition of love, it's a verb, it's an action. It means you gotta put some work behind it. The one who would lay down his life for someone else. You just imagine being beaten and, and bruised, battered. This, this cross is thorny. I've gotten many thorns just trying to practice how to flip that thing. And, I, and I, I can't imagine having a back that's already been destroyed by a cat of nine tails, not nails and knives deep within, bedded deep within the skin and bones, pulling and ripping the, the skin off and then having your back already exposed, having to, to go up and down on a rugged cross. And yet with every breath and, and every ounce and fiber of his being, lifting up himself in the excruciating pain as the nerves have been exploded because the nails that were pierced in his hands and his feet weren't right through the, the vein that would cause the most pain in your whole life. He breathed, he did not curse, he did not swear. He did not even lash out in anger, but yet he looked upon mankind and he says, Father, forgive them. For they don't even know what they do. And the love of God that, that looks out at humanity, and it says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse two, that he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. That joy sits right here in this room. It's right at home. We are that joy. And he gave his life so that we could live. And Jesus has just called us and has reminded us. And Paul is just saying one final time in his letter, I desire for you guys to stop boasting about your foolishness. Who's bewitched you? What are you doing? Your identity is a child of God. So love as I have loved you. If our church could just demonstrate and show that, imagine if the churches around this country and this world could show it at a time in crisis and need of today. There would be hope. These rooms would be filled. Every Sunday they'd be packed because Chick-fil-A is closed and everybody know that food's right here at the table. Good food to nourish in because the hope lies right here at the cross of Jesus Christ. There's nothing left but this and this alone. Who are we? We are people who are gonna be reconciled 
know that we're reconciled. We're going to make a, a ministry of reconciliation to one another, and we are going to be about what this symbol is all about, his love for mankind. And when they do, they will taste and see that he is good. Would you bow your heads with me as we just ask, Father, we say thank you for the freshness, the newness of, of your love and your grace. Thank you, Jesus, that you are a king above all kings. That through time and space, you knew at the perfect time for your love to come. You love to be shown and demonstrated. And you gave us hope the moment you rose from the grave. Because then it was then we could see what you did for us and what you're doing for us. Father, may we be reminded and commissioned to this day to go and make disciples. To be about what you're about. But secondly, Jesus, I, I ask that maybe there might be just one who needs to just turn to you and, and believe on you as their savior. You paid a price that no one could pay but you. For you are perfect. You did nothing wrong and yet you chose to lay your life down for us. Thank you, Jesus. When there seemed to be no way, you made a way through your death, your burial, but it's at the resurrection. That's where hope lies. May we be a city of that. And may people be brought to that city of hope through you, Jesus. If that was you, would you, maybe you just need to ask and receive the gift of salvation. It's a free gift that Jesus Christ offers to you today. He just desires for you to believe on him believe on him right where you're at. He loves you. Maybe you could say a prayer with me and just say, Father, thank you for sending your son. Thank you for dying on a cross for my sins. Lord, I believe that you didn't stay dead, but you rose from the grave. And what you did for me that day by taking my sin, bearing my shame, Lord, I believe you healed me. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for welcoming me into your home. In your precious name, amen.